It's your 50, what, second? Yeah. So your 53rd year. <laughs> oh, boy. How does of that existence work? begins today. <laughs> so I've... So it's my 52nd birthday, So, but I've already had 52 songs of the summer. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Hmm. How does that work? Wait. It just does. Well, we better list them all. <laughs> <laughs> there was one. <laughs> the Stones, two. Satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> Number one on the charts, 1965. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly show about the show, Too Beautiful to Live. From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm. On Fridays, we bring you a TBTL appreciation piece of some sort, but today is Monday, so that means we're recapping last week's slate of shows. And to do that, we're convening the I-35 crew. I decided I think I want a t-shirt design for the I-35 crew, even if it's just me. And first up, joining us from the LRB Research Center for Research in Dallas, Texas, is Meredith All the Way Mayhan. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning, Anne. And also on the line from the Kyle Insect Museum in Kyle, Texas, is birthday boy, Mike Frizzell. Happy birthday, Mike. Uh, thank you, Anne. It's uh, my 52nd birthday, but I have, more back to your idea um, of having the I-35 crew. Maybe we can just repurpose the Jack Taylor's uh, logo with all seven of us and then just mark them out of there, <laughs> mark the others out. Just put X's over their faces yeah. or what? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm always looking for, for ways to save money. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No bad ideas in this brainstorming. Just bad people who have ideas. <laughs> So for today's show, as usual, we will get into some LRB business, we'll go through your week in review, we'll do some housekeeping, and we'll tell you how you can get involved with the show. Uh, First up in LRB business, we had a Friday show come out, a Phyllis Fave Friday show, uh, in which there were entirely too many poop stories for Anne's particular Mm -hmm. taste. (laughs) Mike, do you want to give us the rundown on what happened on that episode? Well, I, I, you mentioned the poop stories. I think the highlight or low light for me was I told a story that I've never told before about the worst visit I ever had to a beach. Um, and it's, uh, it's toward the end, but it's, uh, it's a fun episode. If you can, if you can get, if you're into the poop stories, it's fine. If you're not just go toward the end. And, uh, my story about my day at the beach has nothing to do with poop, but still mortifying. It was a brilliant story. I really enjoyed that. I think it was worth it going through the poop stories to get to that story. Yeah, I'd never told anyone that story before. And I had a couple of little notes that I jotted down from that. Uh, Christy said she had a just the tip of the day, which made me (laughs) laugh out loud. (laughs) And there was one point when you guys were talking about the poop stories when Christy and Phyllis were agreeing so many questions, so many questions. And I said, no. Really, I have no questions about this. <laughs> you, the fewer you questions, the better. You're hoping the follow-up ends quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's 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 move on. <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. It was a super fun show, despite the 
scatological nature of it. Um, in more LRB business, I have something I want to bring to the table because I feel like I'm turning into Meredith and I want to talk to you about it. Congratulations. It's <laughs> a good no, person to be. I have not adopted any animals, <laughs> but I'm having a medical issue that has been making me think about you for the last 10 days because, let's see, so not this past Thursday, but the Thursday before, I woke up in the early morning, as you do, and I yawned. And when I put my jaw back together, oh, no. it felt like the left side of my jaw didn't align correctly. Like it didn't hurt. Yeah. It just felt off. And I couldn't close my back teeth on the left side. They wouldn't come uh. together. And so I was like, holy shit. And then I kind of poked around in there and opened and closed and opened and closed. And it went back into place. But after that, it kept happening. Anytime I opened my mouth, the left side of my jaw would misalign and would come back and I couldn't get the, the back teeth together and it didn't really hurt. Maybe we'll talk like a, a one and a half on the pain scale, if that, except for the part where eventually like I was trying to hold my jaw together and not open it. So I was clenching and my jaw started to ache. And then I started to get a headache and then the whole side of my face hurt and then down into my shoulder started oh, no. hurting from this. Again, nothing that would make me seek medical treatment. And every time I sort of jiggled around, it would go back into place until it stopped going back into place. And for like three days, I couldn't get my jaw back into place. And then last Friday, I woke up and it was in place and it's been in place ever since. Whew. Done. Yes. Do you think you dodged a bullet? I don't know. What does this mean? Tell me, Meredith. Well, well, okay. I, you know, it could just mean that one of your discs, uh, probably on the left side, is a little displaced sometimes when you open. And I would caution you against clenching. Right. Don't do that. Um, and the other thing I would say is if you want to try and avoid opening your mouth too wide, like when you yawn, put your fist under your chin and it'll keep you from opening too wide. Hmm. So I have to do that every time I yawn because when I open way too wide, it makes a terrible... Now I get an interesting uh, creaking noise in my jaw. It's not a <laughs> pop anymore. It's a strange creak, like an old door. <laughs> hmm. I'm so, going to start putting my, my, my fist under my jaw when I yawn just to look more contemplative. It know? looks cool. <laughs> so do you still have pain? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been evolving and... Uh, I, I think I might have mentioned before that I think maybe one side worked and the other side didn't. Um, so my right side was my bad side before, and that feels great. Uh, my left side has been getting more and more painful again. Oh, that's not good. So, yeah, yeah, it's better than it was. Um, the left side was never as bad as the right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a win. But uh, I, I there are still some things to do. There's plenty of other options. Um, Botox injections being one of them. Mm. Um, my insurance, uh, said no thanks to that right off the bat. So we might have to fight them on that, but apparently it's a, it's a, it's a useful treatment for, for jaw and neck muscle pain. So who knows, but uh, I would keep my eye on it if I were you and don't let that get too out of control. Um, dentist is a good first stop. I know. I just went to the dentist two weeks ago and everything looked fine. So I'm kind of mystified and everything seems to be working as intended. It's opening, closing smoothly. Everything's going together. I'm having just sort of a little tinge of pain that I think just because there's still some tissue inflammation and a few zings on the teeth because I think the nerves are a little, 
little jangly. Yeah. Did this then happen this. after the dentist? Yeah. Maybe like, I don't know, like having your mouth days. open for that long? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That always is a hard time for me. Uh, you know, I turned 40 and I feel like parts are just dropping off yeah. left and mm-hmm. right. <laughs> it's a bad, it's a bad scene. Oh, uh, well, don't go down the path I went down. It's not a fun place to be. <laughs> you would uh, suggest having it looked at sooner rather than later? I would. Reoccurs? Okay. Yes, definitely. Okay. My uh, inclination is to be like, well, I'll just give it a few days and see if it resolves itself, which it did. It did. But if it comes back, I would uh, run to the dentist. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Meredith. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, We've got some throw your phone moments for today. Actually, we had a whole mess of throw your phone moments from some very interesting people this week, mostly related to this week of TBTL. Um, I could have sent about half a dozen throw your phone moments in if I wasn't going to be on the recap. Uh, But the one that I'll highlight right now we got from Angela, which was kind of a throwback to the previous week about uh, Andrew talking about uh, how uh, Seattle doesn't play grunge, specifically Nirvana. This was in the context of talking about how Luke heard Fresh Prince of Bel-Air played at Philly and they were talking if you had to have like Philly related music was all you could play in Philly. And Andrew made the point, well, you don't hear Seattle related music in Seattle. And uh, Angela says uh, he is 100% wrong. There's a Nirvana or Pearl Jam song played at least once an hour on the alternative rock station 107.7. The end. I doubt there is a radio station outside of the Puget Sound area that plays those bands as much. Uh, then she goes on to say, my guess is Andrew doesn't listen to the right stations to hear the Seattle grunge music. Also, pretty sure Macklemore was slash is played on Seattle radio more than anywhere else. I think towns like to rep the local talent. Yes. I could not speak to this myself, not living in Seattle, not listening to the end, but this makes a ton of sense to me. Why wouldn't Seattle play Pearl Jam and Nirvana. You guys should be proud of that. I'm yeah. a fan of uh, the end. And yeah, they, they do play a lot of the Seattle stuff. And and you also now, over the last probably 10 years, now you hear grunge on the classic rock stations because oh, it's I suppose become you do. classic rock at this point. So <laughs> it's everywhere, but you got to be listening for it. You can't just be listening to Tom Curley. He's not going to play any Nirvana. So. <laughs> Are you sure, like on a flush the format Friday, could play a little, a little Eddie Vedder? Maybe he might get a little wild, throw up a little sound garden. Yeah. Some mud honey. All right, let's leave the throw your phone moments there for now, but we'll be back to them and let's get started on the week in review. Uh, I'll kick it off with Monday, number 2415, Brewster's Millions 2, The Swede Smell of Success. And uh, Andrew immediately brings up this article that was circulating around the Stens page from the New York Times about hot dog taste testing. I don't know. It only went up like three or four times on the page. So it <laughs> took him long enough to get to it. And uh, the Hebrew National wins and Trader Joe's hot dogs are bad. And then Andrew tells a hot dog story. And not a metaphorical hot dog story, an actual <laughs> hot dog story about... Going to the Mariners. He's going to the Mariners game tonight. But last time he went, he, for the first time, got a hot dog from outside 
Save Cofield, and he loved it. Mm-hmm. And he thinks it's great because you can get as much tinfoil and as many napkins as you want. And we know his dependence on napkins. And uh, the condiment choices are much better. And the hot dog steams in the bun, and it's really good, and it stays warm. And that's the story. And your clothes get to smell <laughs> like a steamed hot dog. Yes. Well, there are worse things. <laughs> I guess so. Um, yeah, the vendors outside Safeco, they're, they're good. They're very good. So, And it's less expensive. So, yep. Took them long enough to make that <laughs> discovery. <laughs> well, yeah, especially because you walk by every single one of them to get to the stadium. And he is supposedly a hot dog connoisseur. I mean, come on, Andrew, you're on top of this stuff. It smells so great out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, how could you not stop, you dummy? (laughs) Uh, People, he mentions that people are submitting Techno Geeks with Spreadsheet as Song of the Summer uh, submissions. Good job, guys. And uh, he mentions this is a non-starter. I think he essentially says without saying it that no matter how many times we submit uh, Spreadsheets, Uh, He's not going to put it in the bracket for Song of the Summer. Christy was mad. Yes. Yes, (laughs) she is. (laughs) I, well, how democratic do we want this process to be? Is this the will of the people or not? Mm, I've gotten too too far into the politics of uh, (laughs) lately, so I need to back off. Yeah. We'll just have to wait and see what the Electoral College says. I guess so. Uh, Then they talk about, for some reason... A live wire party bus at one of the previous public radio conferences. Uh, Livewire hired a party bus to drive the program directors around, I would guess, to get them drunk so that they buy Livewire. And mm-hmm. Luke wants to say that uh, the company that they hired from was called Chariots for Hire, which is pretty good. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. And that goes into a talk about how uh, Chariots of Fire, the movie, was one of the things that the Burbanks were allowed to watch because Eric Little was a Christian. And I read up on him. He was very interesting. You know, he refused to run whatever his best event, I think was it the 400 or something, in the Olympics because the qualifying heats were held on a Sunday and he refused to run on a Sunday. Wow. Mm. That's Christian. So, but he seemed mm. like he was a really kind of a um, devout, a good kind of Christian and spent a lot of his life as a missionary. So I can see why Walter and Susie would approve of his story. Can can we go back to the part, the live wire party bus? Yes. I can imagine like you're, you're some kind of a part, you have to say you're a party crasher and, you know, one of the things to do is to like get on these buses or whatever. Because, you know, it's probably as easy as crashing a wedding. It's a bunch of, you know, usually people who don't know each other or don't know each other very well. So you could probably get on there and you would like... Oh, I want to get on this one, this live wire. This sounds like, sounds fantastic. Uh-huh. And then you get on there and it's a bunch of uh, public radio news directors, <laughs> program directors or whatever. And you're like, I've made a terrible decision here. I, when I was thinking about the, the Portlandia could just do their entire season eight on, to, on the live wire party bus. <laughs> And the boring, weird characters you find. Well, are you saying that um, public radio program directors can't get wild? I'm saying that um, Luke is definitely going to be the wildest person on that bus. And his headbutting days are over. He is the bad boy of public radio. (laughs) So (laughs) if we keep keep saying it, it'll be true. (laughs) 
well, maybe we can hire a party bus someday and show them how podcast nerds party. Oh, yeah. A lot of knitting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the top story for the day is that Luke met his paternal relatives finally when he was in Philly for Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. I don't know if I speak for everyone, but I think uh, this was the thing that I was most interested in catching up on after the weekend. Really? Um, I just wanted to hear more about hot dogs. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess everybody has their thing, Meredith. <laughs> yeah. So he did end up meeting them at Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, even though uh, he says the logistics were a little weird. Basically, what happened was what he was afraid would happen. And he, he didn't want to meet them after the end of the show when all the people were trying to get autographs and talk to him and people were coming and going. He just thought that that would be really weird and awkward. But it turned out to be a good thing because nobody had time to get like super emotional and weird about it. And I, I like that he talked about his aunt, who was like the bouncer for the thing, who was like walking wait, wait listeners away from him, like, now your time is over now. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for you to leave. Did, didn't she also steer away some some uh, crazy, some other relative she knew to be insane or something? But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But it seemed like she had a real good handle on the situation. So that worked mm -hmm. out much better than he thought it might have. And they did get to go to a restaurant the next day on Saturday and spend some more uh, quality time getting to talk to them and getting to know them. And it was it ended up being really, really nice. And I have to say that I was a little bit nervous because uh, he's been talking about this a little bit for months. And mm -hmm. it seemed to me that Carrie was really the driving force on that. And he kind of acknowledges that he was really ambivalent about meeting them. And I, I wasn't sure if this was a good thing that she was pushing so hard for it. But it seems like she she knows her man and she uh, she made the right decision. So, so good for her. I meant to ask you this, Anne. I mean, because I, I just want to say, I wanted to say that you... You probably always want to meet them, whether you take it from there, you know, is, is, uh, is another thing. But were you, were you sorry when you, uh, cause you told your story last week, were you sorry that, that you met with your dad? I don't know. I think I would have to be more invested in it to be, so mm -hmm. I mean, I found it annoying Right, right. Because after that, he started emailing me, and mm -hmm. I would politely respond. And then he got weird. He sent me this one email with lots of like sports metaphors about like when two people play catch, one person throws the ball, and the other person has to throw it back. And my question to you is, are you willing to throw the ball back, Elizabeth? And I was like, uh, fuck no. Elizabeth I'm not willing was to the... Throw was the nail in that <laughs> yeah so he didn't actually put much effort into it after that his sister my aunt would invite me to dinner and i would show up and he would be there to be like mm -hmm. surprise and i was like oh god now i gotta deal with this dickhead <laughs> um but she made the decision last year or the year before she said she was done meddling and he hasn't contacted me since then uh -huh. so he wasn't super I don't know if it was invested or he just didn't want to push. Well, he wasn't. Or... He wasn't getting. He wasn't getting anything out of it. It seems like because you, you didn't. You didn't like him, and he called you Elizabeth. Right. I. He had some fantasy that I would be like, Dad, I've missed you. Let's be pals. And when I wasn't, he was like, eh, maybe right. not. 
So there's no musical montage that would only take three minutes to invest in. I think I kept him at arm's length enough that he decided that I wasn't into it. And I don't, Mm -hmm. I'm sure it was all extremely selfish and self centered on his part. So I I would say um, it didn't really matter to me because I don't know. The funny thing about it was after he sent the sports metaphor email, as I was like, I was really confused because I felt like I was being a bad person by not engaging more. So I took the letter to my therapist. I was like, I'm just going to run this by a trained professional and see what he thinks. And so I was like, so I got this email from my biological dad. And he was like, wait, what? Excuse me, your biological dad? And I was like, oh, yeah, I never talked about him before, did I? And like, his eyes lit up. Mm-hmm. If he was a slot machine, it would have been like jackpot, jackpot, jackpot. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. I swear to God, I do not have daddy issues. This does not matter to me at all. I just want to make sure that I'm not being a bad person. And he was like, no, this person abandoned you and you owe him nothing. Right. You do what you want and don't feel guilty about it. And that's just the way it is. So I've never worried about it since then. So I feel like, because Luke talked about how he was afraid that meeting his Philly relatives would open a door that he couldn't close. Like he was in control. They're in Philly for fuck's sake. It's a door that's easily closed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I don't know. He seemed to really like them. And he seemed to very much like Adam, the half brother. He was very impressed with him and talked about how he goes to Temple. I don't know how good of a school Temple is, but uh, but he's going to be a psychologist and he works two jobs and uh, and seems to be someone that, that Luke liked a lot. So yeah. I think it really worked out for the best. Opposite work ethic of his father. Yeah, that was very interesting when Luke compared the the himself and Adam to their father and saying that they were both hard workers. And I think that's true, but it's like a different kind of hard work because I would characterize Luke as a hustler. Right. He's not exactly someone who like necessarily grinds stuff out, at least, I mean, I don't know, but from the way he talks about stuff, about half-assing things and, you know, almost missing his shifts on the radio and that (laughs) kind of thing. He's a hustler. Yeah, he's definitely a hustler. He always has sort of irons in the fire and things going on. And, and he's about he, working smarter, not harder. Not harder. <laughs> but I don't know how good he is at working smarter. <laughs> yeah, and Adam is definitely a really a really hard worker. And uh, it, it was all it was a really interesting discussion. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he found most interesting that he, was he discovered that his paternal grandfather was Swedish, and this kind of throws him for a loop because he said he was used to thinking of himself as just part of the drunk Irish people. And I think he's really been been playing that up his whole life. Mm -hmm. But now he's thinking about nature versus nurture and what that means. And does he have any Swedish traits? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, And then Andrew brings up the Swedish bikini team, which I could have forgotten forever as far as I'm concerned. He's also virtually hairless. That's another Swedish thing. Is it? (laughs) Yeah. I thought the Vikings were supposed to have gnarly beards. Yeah, I'm talking about body hair. Oh, okay, okay. And he can he cannot grow a beard. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> the Vikings, I think there was a you know they they put their bearded guys up front. You know, just it's like when you, you when you when a basketball team pulls up to the gym that you you put the tallest guys out first. 
Is that is that how it works? So you intimidate, yeah. Football, oh, okay. the bus, you put out the biggest guys. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Um, then they get to more complaining about the book that Luke's read before the fall. <laughs> I'm getting really tired by the end of this week. <laughs> well, I think we better get used to it because Luke read a fiction book and we're never going to hear the end of it. Is is this guy a hack? Is Noah Hawley? I don't know anything about... I don't know anything about him either. I, he's gotten tons of praise for writing Fargo, but I don't know what the difference between writing teleplays and writing mm-hmm. novels is. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, a, lot, a lot more detail has to go into a novel. I think. I'm still yeah. just delighted every time Luke gets angry about an inaccuracy because this is just what we do all the time. He's getting uh-huh. angry at his inaccuracies. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm going to sympathize with him because last night uh, I turned the television on and it was on uh, the MLB network. And that's the only reason that I came to be watching the, a movie called Summer Catch. It's oh, terrible that's movie. a Freddie Prince Jr. movie, yeah, isn't it? Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, boy. Probably the last movie starring <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. because people realized he was just Freddie Prince Jr. Mm. <clears throat> so he's a pitcher and uh, he has these really enthusiastic fans in the Cape Cod League in uh, in Boston. And he's pitching this big important game. And you know how um, when your ace pitcher is going and uh, they do they do this for Felix Hernandez, but I'm sure they do it for other people. When someone who's known for a lot of thri- strikeouts uh, gets a strikeout, they throw a K over the side of those stands, mm-hmm. you know, and and they count up that you count up the Ks throughout the game. Well, and do you know what the backwards K means? Yeah. Wait, I always forget whether it's a swinging or which one is the swinging strikeout. Is that the backwards the, the, one? No, swinging is the, the straight one, and the and the mm-hmm. backwards K is the is the watching strike three. Right. Yep. And it was Freddie Prince second strike out of the game. I watched this moose swing as hard as he can. At the, and then this, this, the guy in the stands slaps up a backwards K. Oh and, no. And while summer catch is, you know, really stupid. Um, that just makes me mad. And, and so I really sympathize with Luke when he's reading this book and he wants t- He's finally ready to to try to disappear into a fictional world, and they do take you right out of it with bullshit like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure when they do stuff about like makeup and dresses and and shoes for you gals, <laughs> oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. and they yep. get it wrong mm-hmm. or vaginas in the case of my my dad wrote a porno. <laughs> well, that um, is disturbing. That's the most for upsetting. Other yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It sure is. It sure is. But that's the feeling I get when I see the backwards K go up on a swinging strike. Like your cervix mm. just got grabbed. Yeah, like someone yeah. just reached up and grabbed my cervix. Yeah. Yeah, well, although that's a good. That's supposed to be a good feeling. From well, what, according to some people. Yeah, according to Rocky Flintstone, that's yep. supposed to feel real nice. <laughs> well, okay. So what Luke is upset about now, this time for before the fall, is high school sports. Um. I did not write down exactly specifically, but he says one of the things he's mad about is the protagonist gets beaten up and then the other guys like whip him with their junk. (laughs) 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 It's just such awkward positioning unless, I don't know. I mean, you got to get really close up onto a guy to whip him with your junk, right? Right, right. (laughs) Unless you're It's not a natural position. And that would hurt the abuser more than the abusee, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah, I just I just pulled my hamstring because I felt like obligated to beat some guy out with my junk. 
I think it's more about the humiliation than the physical pain inflicted, right? Sure. Yeah. I, I would say just, just stand there and waggle it at him if you don't need to actually <laughs> make contact. Uh, then he's also mad about alcohol again. He says that you would never have a cocktail with a beer back. <laughs> that was so stupid, too. Yeah, seven and seven <laughs> with a beer back. Yuck. If you order that in a bar, a bartender would be like, what the fuck? Are you? <laughs> you want a beer, right? You just want a beer? And a cocktail. Right. It's fine. Right. And then Andrew has to bring in his own sort of general bugaboo is that when uh, authors make mistakes regarding journalism, he references something in I Am Legend about a news broadcast where the story was we've cured cancer did not lead the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the second or third story. <laughs> yeah. What's going on with the weather, Steve? We'll get back to this uh, cancer thing. <laughs> Luke's still, he's still pretty upset about this book. So I'm just trying to tune out when he starts talking about it. Uh, uh, The next top story is, I think one that we all maybe enjoyed was that, uh, at least as far as politics goes, that Chris Christie got caught on the 4th of July, spending the day on a beach, a state beach that he closed because of a budget Uh, shortfalls or budget disputes or whatever the reason that he was and the reason the guys like this is because he lied uh when one of after whatever the helicopter flew over and took the pictures of course everybody knew that this had happened and the reporters were playing gotcha games which i don't agree with and they sort of cutely said so governor did you get any sun today Mm -hmm. and he was like nope didn't get any sun. And when confronted about this, his spokesperson said, well, he didn't get any sun. He was wearing a baseball hat. Oh, my God. We've reached the point in American politics where it doesn't even have to make sense as a lie. You could just say it. They're just having a semantics game. That's what they're doing. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of Chris Christie that extends out beyond a baseball hat. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of more opportunity for sun there than just 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 on his face. Yeah. Yep. And they say that this is bad optics, but the point is, who cares? He's He can't run for re-election, right? He's not oh, he doesn't care he about his optics. No. I don't think this kept him up for one second nope. that night. Nope. And we get into the uh, the episode title because, was it Luke that made a Brewster's Millions joke about Chris Christie's approval rating? As if he can, if he can get his approval rating low enough, then he'll win something? Or something like that. <laughs> I always think of and things like that. Like like uh, if you get your approval rating low enough, maybe it'll pop out the other side. You know, because <laughs> kind of when you talk about extremism politics, it's sometimes the guys that are out on the extremes are actually really close together, and they could just you know one one more crazy one more tick crazy to the right, and then you pop up up on the left. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're a left winger instead of a right winger. Yeah, yeah. You're just as crazy, but yeah, you've just Mm -hmm. taken one tick across. So they have to play the trailer for Brewster's Millions. And then Luke decides that he doesn't buy the premise of Brewster's Millions. Oh, he doesn't buy. He says, it doesn't follow. Very realistic. (laughs) And my comment is, if you were looking for a coherent premise in an 80s movie, you were looking in the wrong place. Yeah. Uh, in voicemails for the day, uh, this is from an anonymous person regarding Gushers. They were talking about Gushers being that gum that was filled with liquid. And this person wants to correct them that Gushers are fruit snacks, not gum. 
And then they get into a discussion of, wait, which gum was it that had the liquid inside it? And they talk about a bunch of different hubba bubba and bubblicious and all those 80s and 90s gums. There was a discussion on the Stens page about this, too, and, and people were bringing up various options. And I always thought the only gum like that was gator gum, uh, which was a gum made by Gatorade in the 80s, supposedly meant to rehydrate you. Oh, that <laughs> stuff was terrible. <laughs> You'd have to eat like five packs of it to get, I don't know, a quarter cup of liquid. It just, all the, the label just says, keep swallowing your spit, stupid. Yes. Right. <laughs> It's all the electrolytes that's in there, I'm sure. Yeah. Rehydrates you. And then they get into talk about fruit snacks. And Andrew goes on a bit of a deep dive to some Pinterest page where he finds a whole bunch of like 80s and 90s kid stuff. And he ends the episode by being all nostalgic. All right. Tuesday, 2416, with tears in our eyes and giggles in our hearts. Um, the Joe Dirt open is used because it is 4th of July. So we're going to get a um, a pre-recorded intro for uh, for an episode, uh, which we'll talk about it in a little bit. Uh, I couldn't figure out where Andrew was for here. They were being a little mysterious about where Andrew recorded this show. But I assumed um, it was from home. Yeah, yeah. I guess maybe they were just being mysterious because they were time shifting. They were yeah. trying to pretend like it was the sixth when it was really the third. <laughs> I think. I don't know why they jumped ahead two days. Yeah, it, it got confusing. Um, Luke has come to realize that he loves the 4th of July as uh, almost as much as Thanksgiving because if, and I think for good reason, it's a big family party with no, you know, uh, religious, mm-hmm. uh, I'll say bullshit to it because um, that's how I feel too. Um yeah, I I I, lo- I love the I love the fact that he, you know, he has a pool now that works, and his house is in order, and he's you know he's able to have all these people over comfortably on the Fourth of July. It seems really nice. Yeah, yeah, it sounds fun actually. Andrew has two party choices for the Fourth of July, so it leads to a discussion of <clears throat> hanging on to a friend. Uh, if they have a cool party or uh, some sort of cool item, you know, that, that you enjoy using. And I, I did when I was a kid, um, I was friends with this kid named John Steubenrock, who sounds like from the Flintstones, but, uh, (laughs) he had an above ground pool in his backyard. We didn't, there weren't really any pools in our neighborhood because in Seattle, you know, it's like, it's a lot of work. I mean, I'm glad Luke has a pool and he's enjoying it, but it's it's not it's not something normal Seattleites try to do. No, it's a ton of work, it. and you have, get it to use it what two months out of the year. Yeah, it's a totally that. different thing in Texas. Everyone has pools, and it makes sense. Like in Michigan, when we were house hunting, we were actively avoiding houses with pools. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so you have to drain them uh, yeah, in the would, fall, and it's a whole thing. And here, you don't. You just leave it. Yeah, I would never I would never get a house with a pool. I do not want a house with a pool. But John Steubenrock, I would uh, I would kind of ignore him during most of the school year and then <laughs> in May, you know, I'd say, "Hey John, what's up, buddy? You know, you play some <laughs> kickball? Hey, I'll pick you." Uh and then, you know, by the time uh mid-June and school's getting out, he lived like probably seven or eight houses down from me. I would just make sure that I was always walking by or biking by. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, what's up, man? You've been in the pool? That sounds awesome. <laughs> so were you calculated about this? Were, I mean, did you think? You, you thought in May, I better cozy up to him again. Yes. The, the guy was a complete dud. And I, I, did, I mean, I can be around a lot of people, but I can't be around people that are zeros. And he was a zero, Aww. but um, you know, only pool in the neighborhood. So, uh, yeah, I'd be, I'd get in that pool. You know, when I wasn't at Lopez Island, I would, um, I would try to be getting in that pool. And then when we get home for the summer from Lopez, I'd always go down there and see have they have they, you know, <laughs> wrapped up pool business here, or can I? I think this extends into adult life. Um, if you're somebody who has a truck. All right. Uh, I think you need to be really careful about your friends when you own a truck. Fuck. And most of your friends don't. And yeah. if you do, you need to take a hard look at them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I, I guess I would be in favor of having an old beat-up truck that you will that I will lend you, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to help you. Sure. But I but here's the truck, you know, I the truck can be in service 26 weeks a year and then I will help the people I actually like. You know? Well, this is in this is in my mind because there's currently a truck in our driveway. <laughs> it doesn't belong to uh-huh. us, although we do genuinely <laughs> like the friend who who loaned it to us. Yeah, right. He's not, not here loading friend. it up, though. I like the term truck friend. Yeah. All right. There is. Uh, they're talking about going to the firework shows, and boy, um, the few times that I've actually attempted to go from a non-fireworks place to a fireworks show place. I've almost always regretted it because it's so goddamn late and everyone's so drunk and you can't get a good spot mm-hmm. and then everyone's drunk driving home real slow. It's pretty awful. So yeah, it's good to be in a in a spot. I mean, I'll watch the fireworks for sure if I'm in a spot, but I ain't going to a spot. You know what I mean? How do y'all feel about that? Oh, I am so over fireworks. Mm-hmm. So over it. When I was a kid... Uh, in Grand Rapids, you, the, the fireworks are at the river that runs through the city and it's a pretty big river and, but you have to get there, you know, at noon with your blanket and your cooler (laughs) and your food and you have to wait until it doesn't get dark till pretty late there. So you're waiting until like 10, Mm -hmm. uh, for the fireworks. And then it's about 15 minutes of ooing and aahing. And then you have to somehow fight your way back home. You're not home till midnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a nightmare. And when I was little, I thought it was fun, but my parents probably hated it. And and I tried a few times once I was an adult, and I eventually decided it was way more work than it was worth. Yeah, and I'm just not that into it. It's the logistics are horrifying mm-hmm. to go to fireworks. One of the worst features of the Fourth of July, I like as all day. It's fine, <clears throat> but one of the worst features is as an adult. If you have to work the next day, because they give you the fourth off, but the fifth is a work day. Right. And and when you live up north, the party ain't really started till late. Yeah. It's it's so it's it's even worse than the day after the Super Bowl, which should be a national holiday. Um, the day after the Fourth of July, that's got to be a holiday. I would people should actually go to work on the Fourth of July. Yeah. Who cares will, about the daytime? Right. That will keep all the all the chairs off the hill. You know, until after work, then everyone can go get their spot at six o'clock and it's right. more sane and then take the next day off. That's my idea. I vote for you for mayor. Thank you. Mayor of what? Cooperston. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm already I already run Groston from behind. Right. <laughs> That's not a democracy. <laughs> uh Andrew regrets 
his uh, hot dog story from Monday, and Luke seems to <laughs> is having a lot of fun with it. This is a fun little intro this Tuesday. They had a lot of laughs on this one. Um, they they're they're making jokes they wish they had made yesterday. Uh, to yesterday's jokes today, put out two days later. I don't right. know. How that works. <laughs> Luke, they're talking about, um, they're, in general, I think they were talking about uh, seats, like, because Andrew gave up his, Andrew and Veeves gave up their seats to, uh, in the in the luxury box, I think, to the Mariners game, because there were other people that hadn't experienced a luxury box, and that was really nice and super mm-hmm. deferential, and, and something I, I hope that I would do in the same situation, um, Luke said he might give them up for form, but being a being a, who he is, he would <laughs> be scheming the entire game to try to get back into that suite, and that's that's exhausting. I just I can I cannot identify with that the climber in no. him. No, uh, uh-uh. and I don't care. The modern ballparks are there really that many bad seats? No, no. The only. The only time is like when you get caught in the direct sun in August or something sure. for an hour before the shadows come up. That's pretty bad. But other than that, everything's great. But yeah, just I- accept it and enjoy the the thing you went to see. Mm-hmm. And last summer when Bobby was here and he and I and Ross went to the Twins game, we sat in the very last row of the very top tier. And it was great. Mm-hmm. The only drawback is that it's so steep. I always feel like I might fall down the stairs. Yeah. I agree. And Andrew was talking about that a lot this week. And I don't think that's abnormal at all. I always mm-hmm. get a little bit of vertigo up there, too. But I, you can see the whole field and everything is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, here here's the first throw your phone moment of the week, at least for me. Um, Luke was talking about having to pay for a drink on his flight. Uh, <laughs> I, I, the whole, that whole kerfuffle on the on the Philadelphia flight or whatever. Okay. There he's talking about that again. And he somehow let slip that he thinks that the, because the airline booze is sort of untracked, that it is not paid for that, that, uh, <laughs> that the airlines get free, free booze. Uh, um, I mean, I'm no, I don't have an MBA, but I think that's pretty bad business to just, <laughs> get every airline passenger drunk in the world. I already know Seagram's exists. So yeah, it's not, <laughs> you're not, it's not that powerful of an advertising tool, but I appreciate free booze. If in fact it is completely free. So clearly one. the flight attendants have some discretion about it. Of course. <laughs> They're yes. not just handing it out willy nilly. No. And they would have to deal with a plane full of drunk idiots. Exactly. If they got everyone drunk for yeah. free, that would be a nightmare. I think they can see who needs to get drunk. Yeah. That's <laughs> so one of the skills they develop. So, oh, this motherfucker here is going to be trouble unless we pour a couple drinks down. Let's see. Uh, they are, they're about to th- intro to this throwback episode, which was um, uh, an episode recorded at Safeco Field when they um, got in there before the game into an empty Safeco field. But uh, as as Meredith, I should have written a note like you have uh, for Wednesday about when the show actually should have ended. <laughs> um, Luke gets back into complaining about the book because the author said that the chalk line was gleaming on the baseball diamond. Uh, 
And I, I agree with the nitpick because it's chalk. One of the features of chalk is that it's chalky. It doesn't gleam. <laughs> it's not gleam. It's not called gleam. It's dusty by definition. <laughs> but their problem with it seemed to be that it was chalk line gleaming on the grass. And they were talking about how chalk lines were on the on the dirt, on the base paths. And so I went and I looked at a picture of every single major league stadium and every single one of them has chalk lines on the grass going to the outfield. Yeah. Every single one of them. Yeah, whether whether it's going over dirt or going over grass um from home it's plate not to gleaming, the but fence, it's there. there's going to be a line. All I was going to all I was going to say, the last thing I had to say about this is don't read bad nonfiction books. If if you want a good nonfiction book, ask someone really smart. I'm ask sorry, Jen good, Andrews. Ask if you want a good fiction book. Yeah, ask someone really smart who reads a lot. What is a good book? And yeah. and mm-hmm. and I would say, like my instinct when I was younger was to always read about stuff I was interested in. So like I read every sports novel there was or whatever. But they were never as good or as interesting as when I stepped outside and read something else and learned mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and that way I, I'm not nitpicking because there are probably five six errors about whatever the subject is. But I don't know because I'm new right. here. <laughs> right. All right, that's all I have for Tuesday. All right, Wednesday, 24-17, bros, ice trucking bros. Uh, This was, I think, the day responsible for the most smashed phones of maybe all time Mm -hmm. in TVTL history. (laughs) Um, And we start out because Luke is recording from inside his pool. Um, And from the picture, the show picture, we learned that he is just kind of, uh, he's standing on the little ledge and the equipment's all on the edge of the pool. Uh, and almost right away, his cooler starts to drain almost all over his equipment. And he suddenly realizes, oh, wait, we're, these are electronics and I'm in water. This is maybe not a smart mm-hmm. idea. Can you please read the throw your phone moment that we got from a very special person? Uh, let's see. Uh, which one are you talking about? The, uh, so we did get one from a, uh, someone who claims to be a new listener named Jeremy Holmes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever, I don't know who that is. Um, he says, Sounds sketchy. Yeah. He says, number one, I'm a new listener, and this isn't the first time I can recall Luke doing a show from a pool of some kind and then being surprised that things run on electricity. <laughs> <laughs> Good point, new listener, Jeremy. In that picture, Luke has run a substantial extension cord yes. from the house out to the, <laughs> he could dip that thing in there and yeah see if there were any catfish down there because they'll float to the top yikes um and then the cooler talk uh leads andrew to tell us about how he keeps a fetid cooler of beer on his uh balcony at all times and just skims off the water (laughs) oh do you suppose like bugs get in there too yes i mean every time you put your dirty hand in there and all the ice melts, and then you get a nice, like, bacteria soup, and all your beer is floating in it, and then you put your mouth on your beer? Sorry. I'm not much of a germaphobe, but that's disgusting. Let's run an extension cord out there, get a blender going, you know, and use that ice for, like, a bacteria frap. Mmm. Delicious. Um, you know, (laughs) we were talking about this a little bit amongst ourselves, and and somebody, maybe this this Jeremy guy said something like, if only there were a thing that would keep stuff cold without all that work. Hmm. <laughs> Some sort of little device, maybe like a little cold, I don't know, 
a box that runs on electricity a box shape like a like a rectangle it could have a door on it that opens and there's no water inside of it wow you could even put some beers in the door it's just an idea uh luke is doing yet another juice fast um and he goes out about this juice fast meredith (laughs) oh i am too every time he brings up juice i'm mad this is worse than the regular juice fasts because the other juice fasts, at least he gets them from a place and there's like some nutritional value, even if it's just carbs. But this is nothing. No, this is nothing. It sounds like with the the programmed, you know, the schedule that you buy for several hundred dollars, they put like some cashew milk in there, you know, something that has maybe a little bit of protein. He's probably just drinking like green juice from Whole Foods that's just kale and carrots. And he doesn't oh, no. Good. I looked it up because he mentioned what it was. And then I kind of looked at the show picture to make sure I had the right thing. The Suja Juice Master oh, Cleanse right. is what he's drinking. And so, of course, I looked at the nutrition ingredients. Uh, purified water, organic maple syrup, organic lemon juice, organic ground cayenne pepper. This isn't a juice fast. This is a cleanse. Yes. This is like a, a thing that's been around for a while. And for some reason, people think that those specific ingredients are going to cleanse some unknown something out of your body. Mm-hmm. Let's ignore the fact that that's what your liver is for. Is, it, is the term master used because it's, it's cleansing, it's claiming to be cleansing everything? So it's not just like a liver thing or whatever. I don't know. I, I don't know. But so it's 80 calories a serving and there's two in the container. So whatever. Not that concerned about calories. But the only nutritional um, component to it is 19 grams of carbohydrate yeah. per serving. So 38 grams of carbohydrate in that bottle is all that he's drinking. And that makes me mad because it's like when Andrew talks about reading fiction and what he wants is... Uh, like he's fine with fantasy as long as they stick to the rules of the world that they establish, you know, they play by the rules that set they set up. So Luke has set up all these low carb rules and then he just goes and does this juice thing. That's just a bunch of sugar. And I'm like, no, you set the thing up, stick to it. Yeah. This is totally opposite of what he has been wanting to do and what has worked for him pretty well. Mm -hmm. I mean, his low carb thing has worked well. And this, I mean, and this supports my assertion that all these juice cleanses are is just sugar water. Right. And if he's uh, said he's drinking like three of these a day and that's all the nutrition he's taking in, then we're talking about hundreds, we're talking about less than 500 calories a day, which is ridiculous for him. Ugh. Yeah. If you ever have a day where you like aren't feeling well or, don't have meal opportunities or something and you end up falling asleep the next day your body wants to make that up Mm -hmm. so i can imagine the second or third day of this bullshit your body's like i would really enjoy some calories right now Mm -hmm. well then that's exactly what happens and that's usually what happens when when people try to do a fast yeah uh without really planning it out um and without anything that's going to stabilize your blood sugar or give you any sort of sense of of fullness Mm -hmm. that's a big problem with juice um is it just runs right through you because it's just liquid you you feel full right away and for maybe an hour but then yeah there's never really was anything in your stomach substantial yeah. so you're gonna feel hungry and eventually you're gonna eat which he did he makes an irritating statement about uh this new nine dollar beet juice place um 
And he he said he was surprised that the old beet juice guy went out of business because $9 for beet juice, you'd think they'd just be raking it in. And it didn't occur to him that perhaps that's why they went out of business, because they were selling $9 beet juice. Everybody bought it once. Right. And they're like, this is And dumb. then they were like, shit, this is beet juice. Yeah, I'm drinking goddamn beet juice. <laughs> and Ugh, it costs sugar me Sugar water. Yeah. Um, and so he also talks about going maybe to the same place, I don't know, some other place um, that has a smoothie that purports to be low carbs. But they don't put how many carbs. And I don't know if he asked or if he was ashamed to ask how many carbs were in it. So he stood in line until he got to the top. And then he kind of panicked and casually walked out trying to look cool because he didn't want to consume something that was basically what he called a Big Mac in a blender. Um, because he, he, and he also said that Big Macs were 400 calories. <laughs> so, and I know we, sure. we talked about this and, and, uh, the, the Bobby sent us a screenshot. You literally just Google calories in a Big Mac and Google uh-huh. just pops it up automatically. You don't even have to go to their site mm-hmm. and Big Macs are 563 calories. They're not 400 calories. So you can have one of these smoothies plus a quarter of a Big Mac. Yeah, that actually, I'd do that cleanse. Yeah, that that, that works for me because they get a little satisfying, you know, something to eat. And yeah. then you get full of the actual stuff that's supposed to help you. Um, speaking of trying to exit a situation while looking casual, Andrew tells a story about a college party he went to. He didn't want to sleep inside with everybody else. <laughs> in a shared room so he just fell asleep on the lawn uh and he got up in the morning having to go to the bathroom really really badly and so he walked over to a tree towards the neighbor's yard and the neighbor saw him and so instead of peeing right in front of this person on the tree andrew just brushed the tree and walked away (laughs) like hello friend hi tree (laughs) (laughs) definitely cooler than peeing on a tree Right. Uh, Luke talks about how he wants to cannonball into the pool. Uh, Andrew talks about how he's afraid of heights, but he was never afraid of water. And he was a little fish when he was a kid. Um, they uh, talk more about their fears. And, and Luke said that he's afraid of carnival rides, uh, which we've heard about before. And he talks about how the on the 4th he had gone to a uh the cedar woolly carnival and went on a ride with uh, i think their seven-year-old nephew who asked luke to stop squeezing his hand so hard (laughs) maybe at some point he should just call it quits on the carnival rides yeah there's no point you don't need to do that for your life there's no reason to subject yourself to to that yeah what is he trying to prove what is luke ever trying to prove that he's cool right he should probably Probably put an end to any hand-to-hand contact with other people, too. With this cl- those clammy mitts of his. Um, this is... Okay. <laughs> so throw your phone moment... Uh, I don't know, number three or whatever. What, what, our, what our count is up. I don't know what, what it is at this point. But this was a serious one. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew tells us about an email exchange he got into with a listener. Uh, when Andrew had made an offhand comment that fat or muscle weighs more than fat. And this listener corrected him. She obviously took seventh grade science. Andrew did not. And um, they go back and back, back and forth and back and forth. And Luke seems to agree with Andrew. And what they're missing in this whole picture is the the concept of density or volume. Um, you know, the same amount of fat in a cup weighs less than the same amount of muscle in a cup. We're, we're missing this volume aspect of the conversation. And so they talk past each other a lot and get pretty angry. And Luke calls it kooky, 
that it would take more feathers to weigh a pound than it would take marbles. <laughs> and that's when I threw my phone out the yes. window. I mean, the whole thing where they were trying to establish units and saying, well, but one marble weighs more than one feather. I'm like, why are you equating marbles and feathers? You're being that doesn't matter. Stupid. Things weigh more than other things. <laughs> things weigh what they weigh. That's what I say. Yeah. Yeah, Andrew was asking if he should be embarrassed that he was rude to a listener. And I was like, no, you should be embarrassed that you displayed a complete ignorance about basic science facts. Yeah, this has nothing to do with mansplaining or being snotty or being rude. It just has everything to do with being wrong. Mm hmm. Ugh. I know. I usually, you know, I get exasperated or irritated with them. And then the episode ends and I'm like, all right, we're going to talk about this on the recap and I go on with my day. But at the end of this episode, I, my fingers were just itching to write him an email about this. I was really pissed off at, at him. Well, we, we got an excellent selection of throw your phones on this topic. And let me just breeze through some of them. When listener Danny said, I'm listening to the discussion about muscle weighing more than fat. I understand what someone means when they say that muscle weighs more than fat. But what they mean is muscle is denser than fat. The concept of density would have helped Andrew and Kathy to reach an agreement. I was yelling at my computer in my mind to the point of almost getting a headache. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, listener Zach said the conversation about what weighs more than what the term they couldn't come up with was density. If one thing weighs more than another, when they're occupying equal space and that thing is more dense, et cetera. So, you know, and, and there was also several conversations on the Stens page about this. So I think we've, we've covered that, that Andrew was definitely wrong. Kathy was definitely right. Mm -hmm. But we get what, the, what, what he was trying to say. And, and I think it, it was only in a fitness sense. Right. right is what 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 they were trying to talk about is like um turn it when you when you exercise you may not weigh less because you are gaining muscle and losing fat right you'll still look um, better and feel better so it's yeah. no reason no reason to fret no it's it's also technically incorrect that you're turning fat into muscle it doesn't really work that way but right. whatever if they're displacing one another it can seem that way i suppose burning fat and building muscle so that was extremely irritating. Um, we get a voicemail from listener Lisa, who's also afraid of flying. Um, and she's got some uh, laundry list of strategies to deal with this, including listening to the flight channel, which I think I had run past that once on a Delta flight. And I was like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I don't want to hear about yeah. this. Will is so, so boring. boring and forever taken. <laughs> Well, because if they some say something that sounds <laughs> totally innocuous to them and I'm like, we're going to die. I yeah. just don't need that stress yeah. in my life. You know, if we're going to fall out of the sky, we're going to die. You know, there's no point in being scared about it ahead of time. Um, the other strategy she used, which was very sweet, was to turn on a random TBTL in her headphones and laugh and laugh and laugh. And I thought that was very sweet. And uh, they also talk a little bit about how emotions tend to be higher on a on a plane. Um, and so Luke thinks we should all listen to TBTLs <laughs> up in the sky to make them funnier and more interesting. Right. Good strategy. You know, the, the funny thing about that, I've talked before about how that stupid Wally movie made Wally? Wally. Yes. Wally. Wally. Made me cry, you know, <laughs> when I was in the air. And, and yeah, when I see movies up there, a lot of times they land in ways that they don't land on me, you know, when I'm watching them on the ground. I would think, yeah, that 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 would work with your emotions, even with other people, and with the way you deal with situations. Mm -hmm. um, 
And because I've also noticed like stuff that I that I really like, like songs that I like or or movies or TV shows that I like when I watch them um, on an airplane, sometimes I don't like them. So oh. I think it's kind of a little bit of a personality hmm. changer, at least for me. Hmm. Interesting. I'm not much of a crier uh, in on the ground, but last I've I've been downloading episodes of Downton Abbey to rewatch it on planes because you can do that on Amazon Prime Video, and I have cried at several of those on planes. Don't get in that car, Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've never noticed any difference for me flying and not yeah. flying. I mean, I'm always on the edge of crying anytime, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't make you stronger. It doesn't make you less Mm-mm. less likely to break down. Uh. I don't think so. Uh, we get an email from listener Chandra, who Andrew calls Chandra. She <laughs> cracked me up for no no good reason. It was just a mispronunciation. Uh, and she tells us that uh, she feels like air acts like water in that waves are sort of like turbulence. And that helps her feel better, even though her husband's like, no, that's not really how it works. <laughs> <laughs> shut up, dude. It's yeah, shut up. Her. It's helping her feel better. I liked it. Yeah, I did too. That's a it's a fun way to think about it. And, yeah. and it, if it makes you less anxious about turbulence, because turbulence doesn't mean you're about to die. It just means there's turbulence. You know, it's not really a dangerous situation most of the time. Uh, so if that helps you feel better, then then fine. Just ride on the waves of the air. Um, Luke tells us about the Xanax prescription he got because he be- was anxious uh, f- flying when he was younger. Um, and then he took two on his way to board a flight mm. to Paris. And then, of course, his passport was expired, so he had to go home all looped. <laughs> oh, God, what a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, that really does sound terrible. Oh, man. Because, Meredith, imagine you're, you're throwing a tiny fence party or something. No. You know, and then a detail like that pops up. You, you think, okay, I'm in a good place, I'm relaxed. And then some stupid detail that you have to concentrate really hard to fix. Oh, I couldn't. The world would be ending. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just not possible. Xanax is, is I mean, it will fuck you up i only have i get a little claustrophobic and i have to have mris of my liver every now and then Mm -hmm. so um that's the only time i ever take xanax but it is nothing i could function on i need a ride there i need a ride back right (laughs) you know i just kind of need to be led around like a zombie i took it once and i was like no no after i masturbated for like three hours and nothing happened (laughs) i was like this drug sorry All right, moving on. I've got a note here uh, that the show really should have ended at this point. Um, <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, you know, once we get to emails and emails, things kind of wind down. And I thought that was happening and it should have totally happened. But um, somebody brings up Click by Kanye. Um, they talk a little bit about the interruption rules and what Taylor Swift could have done to thwart Kanye. And that sounds like victim blaming to me and I don't approve. Well, and they were going off this article, which I read, and they misinterpreted the article entirely because I'm it was shocked. talking about things that the interrupter should do to not be so interrupty. Yeah. Ugh. Luke is amazed that the Journal of Nonverbal Behavior is a thing. Um <laughs> That's not amazing if you peruse peruse journal articles like I do. There is a journal for everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, They talk about Alex Jones and how he sells. Basically, all he's doing is selling supplements. Um, And that reminded me of the articles I've seen popping up lately that Goop sells the same stuff that Alex Jones does. Uh, Gross. (laughs) Just using a different tactic. Which I love. They, uh, you know, they're all just based on fear and that you can have some control over your body by buying their dumb hundred dollar bottle of garbage. 
Um, they talk a little bit about food for patriots that Alex Jones sell the shelf stable, stable food for the apocalypse. And then we bring up the general. I think that's that auto insurance. Is that what it is? Yeah. The, that terrible cartoon. Right. It should not be allowed. The cable companies and the satellite companies should say, no. It's like even the smallest radio stations in the country have certain standards for spots that they'll run. Why does the general get to be on TV? Well, and they read someone else's Twitter joke, which is that those commercials would make more sense if you found out that Shaq was doing the animation. It's a pretty good joke. <laughs> that is solid. That's a solid yeah. spoof. Um, and Luke realizes his dream of jumping off the diving board and uh, while saying the outro. And it cracked me up that every time this comes up, Andrew finds a way to not do the first part. He doesn't want to say, okay, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll be back here with more TBTL for you tomorrow. He doesn't want to do that part for some reason. He never will do it. Only if he's on the show by himself will he do it. Um, and so he was trying to finagle. I've just noticed that several times, and keep your, your ear out for it. Um, so what ended up happening is Luke said the whole thing, uh, underestimating how long it would take, and kind of had to scream it while jumping off the diving board, <laughs> and then he smashed his face. His hang time isn't as good as he thought it right. was. <laughs> he thought he was up there for five seconds. It was more like 0.5. Yeah, it was a single Lindy and not a triple. Right. Uh, Thursday, uh, 2418, dinking around on our boop boops. Terrible. It's... Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible, and yet I laughed. I, yeah. yeah, I wanted to know. So I guess it's a good enough title that way. We're in day two of the haphazard juice cleanse. Um. Luke is not feeling well as his body hmm. is consuming only sugar. Imagine carb. that. <laughs> well, and he also just added vodka to his juice yesterday, I should have mentioned. Sure. So that sure. might have something to do with not feeling well. Well, the, if you add vodka on day one of your juice um, cleanse, you're definitely going to need it on day two of your juice <laughs> cleanse. That's the lesson, I think. Isn't that the opposite of a cleanse is vodka? <laughs> <laughs> it's Well, I mean, if you're doing if you're doing the, the dumb juice cleanse, just add hair of the dog to the... To I your guess. formula. I think the thing with juice cleanses is you can't subtract anything after the first day. Mm -hmm. You know, don't take components out. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Don't take that gray goose out of there because that was working for you yesterday when you were peeing in your pool. All right. Um, they are getting set. They were just getting set to go on a search for Olive, uh, the Bay Kitty, who has disappeared. I guess, is there... Have, have either of you gathered like a... A time, like how much time is Olive allowed to be gone for before everyone's worried? Is it two days? A day? I would guess that if she's gone overnight, I think they want her in at night. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she's probably gone overnight and they were just about to, to go on a search. And That'd be my guess. Olive trots home. I always say just, you know, get out a can of cat food and, and a in a can opener and start making some noise and you'll find out if she's within earshot. They don't usually stray that far. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Uh, the Vince Vaughn drop about hunger, uh, angers Andrew because, um, season two of that television show was so terrible and he hated Vince Vaughn to begin with. I'm trying to, I, I don't mind Vince Vaughn, but yeah, that show. Oh my God. I find that the Vince Vaughn motor mouth shtick wore thin for me mm -hmm. i'm always kind of disappointed in him and like owen wilson because i think they're smart and they seem talented mm -hmm. and they waste it you know yeah. he does those dumb movies mm -hmm. old school and i don't know they must have bad agents or something the second season of true detective was truly it was angry making yes. and bad 
It was, it was, if, if it existed in a vacuum, uh, you would say this is a parody. Yeah. Of a, it was awful. Of a show. But they, they put out such a great package the, the first year and there's mm-hmm. like, uh, how could the same people have sat and watched this and mm-hmm. let it happen? Uh, another a, a new show, Detroiters, uh, has the I guess is the, the source of the hot dog drops that are at the beginning of this show. Um, are you aware of this one, Meredith? Detroiters? Uh, no, but I've got it downloaded for my upcoming flight, so I am interested to watch it. Ah, there you go. Uh, that the guy that's in it, that's in Veep, he's very funny. Um, so I would expect nothing. Yeah, it's got great reviews. Funny it from looks that interesting. Guy. Andrew decides to tempt all the vermin in the Wallingford neighborhood in, in one of his afterglow moments when he took a bag of peanuts out in the middle of the night after everyone else had done partying. Even Camaro Kev was safely tucked in when this bag of peanuts went out on the porch, and he left them out there. Boy, growing up in the country, you'd think you have a little more sense than to just leave yeah. food, food out on your porch. I can't even yeah. leave jerky on top of my fridge. <laughs> I came I came out to the dining room yesterday and there was a bag torn out up open and strewn about the floor. Oh yeah. Our cat I, I get these plain donuts from uh, Dunkin' Donuts to to dip in my coffee. And when we first got that cat, she she discovered that cache yeah. of donuts and ate all of the donuts. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think a cat would eat donuts, but <laughs> she's little. <laughs> oh, I, I can't leave bread out either. Her One belly gets so big. Bread. Yeah. <laughs> She gets wider than she is tall. She's so cute. I know. She is very cute. Speaking of infestation, I want to find this picture. Uh, one time, there, there was this, uh, there's this great chicken place that is right part of a convenience store near our old house. And we used to get, we called it Chicken Window. And we would get Chicken Window, especially when Emily's <laughs> parents were in town because they love Chicken Window. And it's just like a roast chicken and vegetables and stuff. And there was a, a one, like, it might be the namesake of the place, and it's it's down in San Marcos, which is near our house, and one day Emily was contemplating going to Chicken Window at, in San Marcos, or sending me there, but she was looking at, like, the, it was either the Yelp picture, or the Google reviews picture or something, and if you zoomed in on the on the drive through window, you could actually see a rat eating, I think, tortillas. No. On the behind the counter. Oh, <laughs> gross! <laughs> it's amazing. If I can find that picture, I will. I will definitely post it. Um, top story is actually not a top story. It's just something that happened to Luke. Uh, he was on the way to the guitar center, and a truck in front of him in an intersection lost. It's a load of uh, wood, and he just drove around and went to Guitar Center and then came back and saw the guy was just finishing up, loading up his truck, and he felt bad about it. Um, I don't know. Uh, why is this a story? I don't know. It was a deci- I don't know. It was a decision. Top stories are thin today, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we all make decisions, you know, every day. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, the thing that mystified me about this was Andrew was talking about how he is a, or maybe even Luke was referencing how helpful a person Andrew was. And Andrew's like, well, yeah, but I do it because it's expected of me. And he said that he really only think it counts 
if it inconveniences you. So it's all fine and dandy to help someone when it's just, you know, easy and quick and whatever. But if you actually have to go out of your way, that's when you should get credit. And I'm like, well, that just seems backwards to me. Helping somebody is helping somebody mm-hmm. regardless of the convenience. Yeah, I think the 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 thing in Judaism is it's it's uh best to help somebody and then not talk about it. Not try to get uh you know, cheers from everybody around you. <laughs> Well, that's so that's the Luke. biggest challenge, and and I don't think either of them could do that. I don't know. Andrew's Andrew's thinking is just he's overthinking it. You know, mm-hmm. if if he's stopping and helping people all the time, that's that's even if he feels like that's an obligation or whatever, it's like sure. But it's interesting. Our motivations for doing good is it to make ourselves feel better, or is it to help other people? Does it really matter? I mean, right. you know, it feels good to do good things. And that's fine. That doesn't make it a bad thing to help people. I would hope mm-hmm. someone would jump out of their car and help me put the wood back in the bed, but I don't yeah. expect it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice if you would. <laughs> and Andrew would have, but Luke was not into it. And that's fine. Nobody mm-hmm. expects it. We used to jump out and help people with broken down cars in Detroit all the time, although Duff would get out and, and I would have to lock myself in the car because sometimes you get mugged when you do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had to have my phone out and the car locked. I I might be the only person immature enough to have really laughed when Andrew was theorizing about it and about what he would do. And he said, this guy lost his wood in front of me. <laughs> I thought that sounds, sounds like my last date yeah. situation for an unfortunate lady. Top story two, Amelia Earhart and the Navigator picture uh, has come out uh, somewhat... Uh, I don't know, coincidentally with a television show or some anniversary of the her disappearance or something. I don't know. I mean, are you, are you all fascinated with Amelia Earhart? Is it just a female thing? I mean, pilots crash no. and disappear all the time. Mm-mm. I wasn't super interested in it. I, I was interested in the Twitter responses, which is, okay, um, maybe maybe she was captured and lived for a long time if you ignore all the evidence that she crashed and died. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think this is a one side, you know, it's a new theory uh-huh. based on, I don't know what, it sounds like a picture um, and some eyewitness reports. Um, well, I looked at the picture. It, the picture, the picture has people in it. That's about <laughs> yeah. how much you can determine from it. It's a it. picture from then, which means it's a shitty picture. It's There's no way that you could say with any kind of certainty that that was Amelia Earhart. Could it be Amelia Earhart? Sure. Could it be Elvis? Maybe. I don't know. It could be a lot of people in that picture. But it's. I think it was uh, something that the producers of this Amelia Earhart show found, and they're putting it out for publicity. Yeah. Yeah, it's, totally. Yeah. I, the people who are... Earhart scholars or whatever i read Air an article heads. where yeah <laughs> that's good yeah. he was like nah nah that's not what the evidence leads us to believe yeah. i wasn't super enthralled by the story when i was a kid but i was very interested in the B- bermuda triangle right that was a big thing we, i thought that was really cool yeah we i was always scared of the bermuda triangle even yeah. though i was never anywhere near it, it no just seemed like a really scary thing <laughs> It's just one one person like trying trying to take some stupid little plane around the world, you know, 
50 percent chance it's gonna crash yeah. you know yeah. but it, and if i was ever near the bermuda triangle it was 100 percent gonna make me disappear yep uh this top story three the nypd investigates what they think is a bomb but it's actually a time capsule capsule uh shaped like a bomb from the danceteria which was favored um which was featured in uh desperately seeking susan right mm-hmm. mm, yeah get into the groove that that's i like that madonna song by the way mm-hmm. i think it's pretty good um, turns out the ground is a bad place to store things for posterity. <laughs> it is, but what's a better place though? Well, what, what they usually do with like the elementary schools or stuff, they put it inside some sort of brick or, you know. In a, a concrete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some sort vault of. Vault or something. Was yeah. there like a rash of, of time capsule placement in the eighties? Because we did this too in elementary school. Did you bury them? Yes, it was in some sort of like weatherproof canister. Uh-huh. Um, I don't remember what it was in it because I think I was in kindergarten. Well, you're returning to your ancestral home soon, right? Can we? Can you get a? Yeah, I can roll up on there? that school. It's still there. Be that lady with a shovel. Well, school's I'll out. I'll just dig it up in the creepy. middle of the night. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think that I never did one of those, but it always sounded kind of fun, you know. You know, if you could bury something and then forget about it and then come back well, and discover how it much just you like made me think like, lyrics. Yeah, it's probably not going to mean anything to me because I'll be dead by the time they unearth it. That's what I thought when I was in kindergarten. Oh, I was right, like, well, this right. is dumb. I'm not going to be able to be amazed by this because I already know what's in there. <laughs> right. It's going to be fresh in my memory <laughs> Yeah, when I dig it up uh, yeah. in 2017. Because I think they have a plan to dig it up in like 100 years. And I was like, I'm certainly not going to be alive then. So. Oh, right. Right. Uh, Andrew's talking about going back to his school, but it's gone. His his uh, K through eight has been uh, it's raised. It's not gone. Uh, 30 seconds on Google uh, about Liverpool Elementary School in Medina. It was vacated in 2003, and the building has been developed into a community center. And Liverpool oh. Elementary moved into a new location in York Township nearby. So the building is still there. It's just used for a different purpose. If you ever want to feel like the tallest person in the world, go back oh, to your yeah. elementary school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had that feeling in high school. And I've been yeah. the same height since I was 13. Right. So I don't know where that came from. But I've, I've been back and I'm like, what? How are we all so, t- so tiny? Our mm-hmm. lockers were so small. Like, it's, a, it's amazing you could fit a winter coat in one of those things. <laughs> right. Um, oh, and, and like in high school and we would, you know, collect up a bunch of home run balls, uh, batting practice home run balls at the kingdom. Cause nobody went to the Mariners game. So balls would just be rattling around. We pick them up. And then as high schoolers, we would go to the, um, elementary school ball fields or the little league ball fields and play home run, play our own home run derby, you know, <laughs> the fences are 200 feet and we're just. Balls are just sailing. It's still <laughs> rising as they leave the ballpark, and we'll pretend that we're the major league sluggers. <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, they get into, because um, Andrew's talking about his school, they get into talking about Valley City and how it's the frog jump capital of Ohio. Uh, apparently can't lay claim to being the frog jump capital of the world. We know it's infested with frogs because we heard that, that frogs pretty much ran his, his mother out of, out of town there right, right. oh right mm-hmm. she had to vacuum them up <laughs> she had to vacuum frogs and then just dropped her 
dropped that vacuum and just left. Lucas starts going down all the list of capitals of the world, the hubcap capital of the world, the leap year capital of the world. DJ Moffat, you got to get to that party. Mm-hmm. You February 29th. How would you not go to that party? Yeah. You dummy? I'll meet you there. Um, there's a lost luggage, luggage capital of the world, which that's, it sounds great. But then if you go there and you see someone wearing your favorite sweater or something, you'd be like, <laughs> that's disappointing. God, damn it. Can I give you five bucks for that? No, now it smells like you. No, you can keep it. Ugh. I'm sad because they did not mention Longville, Minnesota, which is the turtle racing capital of the world. And that's oh. official because my grandmother, who was in the Minnesota State Legislature, uh, had it introduced a bill or whatever that officially states that it's the turtle <laughs> racing capital of the world. So she did a lot of important work, huh? Yep, she did. <laughs> well, there most of the turtle racing stables are around there, so it, make, it makes sense that that's the turtle mm-hmm. My cousins used to catch turtles because my cousins had a, my aunt and uncle had a cabin there. So my cousins would catch the turtles at the beginning of the summer and keep them. And then they would take them into town every Saturday morning when the turtle races were and they would rent the turtles. So they rented them for $3. But then if you brought your turtle back, you got a dollar back. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) wow. It's pretty fun, actually, I have to say. Yeah. So do the turtles start in like a central location and then there's a there's a, a perimeter that they have to reach? How does the yes, turtle Yes, there, there's an interior circle and the word start is painted in there in big block letters. And so they put the turtles like inside the interior circle line and then there's an exterior circle. And so it's whichever turtle gets to the exterior circle the fastest, that's the winner. And whichever turtle is still closest to the center of the A, that's the loser. And then after all the heats have been done, they go on to have a grand winner and a grand loser. And I don't know what the prizes are. Probably just bragging rights. Now, do they put little singlets on them with numbers or, or do they just... <laughs> There's some sort sharpie. of identification. I don't remember. They probably just paint on their shells. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm not in favor of this. This no. seems like animal cruelty. Yeah. Turtles don't want to race. That's no. probably the one thing that they really don't. Don't want it's to the do. defining feature of turtles <laughs> right. is their lack of speed. Uh, they're not interested in going fast. Um, they go on and on with all these uh, capitals of the world. And then they finally get to the um, email from Mary in uh, San Antonio, who confirms Luke's suspicion that the booze is free. The airlines get free booze from the booze suppliers because, mm-hmm. you know, yep. free mm-hmm. booze from booze suppliers is is legal everywhere. Right. And <laughs> this, uh, I think Christy lost her mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was already mad about the spreadsheet song and, and then this put her over the top. I've never seen Christy so engaged during the week. Yeah, she had to keep up this week because of all the <laughs> was, phone throwing. She was super into it this week. Yep. They say there's a big announcement on Monday. Why they're saying that on Thursday, I don't know. But... um uh, speaking of, of airline booze, I just wanted to say, I I'm started to really check out on Luke's stories about airline booze and his perks and all this stuff because it's not my world. And also, I feel like, can't you just sit quietly for three hours without pounding back <laughs> six vodka sodas? I mean... I know. I don't want to be I drunk have... in public like that, you know? Mm-mm. I have never had a drink 
on an airplane. Well, I mean, I don't drink anyway, but I don't know that my parents have ever ordered a drink. Yeah. I don't know that my brothers have ever ordered a drink. It's just not something we think of. Right. I like to have uh, two drinks on a plane is max for me because then I'm a little bit relaxed. I'm having a good time, but I'm not, uh, you know, nauseous and I don't have to get up to go to the bathroom. Those are my, those are my concerns. I don't want to have to keep getting up, you know, it's really impractical to keep drinking on a plane. Mm -hmm. And then you can't, if you have a a rental car, wherever you're going, you can't drive. It's just a dumb thing to do all around. Mm -hmm. But maybe it's, Luke is, I have this status and damn it, I'm going to get everything I possibly can out of it. And if that means six vodka sodas, that means six vodka (laughs) sodas. If they're free, he can't leave any, he can't leave anything on the table. Right. Yeah. Right. So this doesn't surprise me at all. It wouldn't matter what it was, I don't think. Mm -hmm. But he also has a a special affinity for booze. Well, I I don't know. I mean, they give you the little bottles, right? And you mix it yourself, right? Or in first class, is it different? Do they mix it I've only been in first class once and I had wine. So I don't know. Huh. Well, if they just give you the bottles, just pocket them, you know, if you, yeah, I mean, that's the thrifty move, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't want to, I don't want to be drunk when I get to my business meeting this afternoon. Right. So let me just right. throw these bottles in and then they'll fall on the table when I lean over to show my presentation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we know that you don't care for the airplane booze talk. How do you feel about the extended discussions of what side of the airplane you want to sit on oh my God. for what just, leg of the just flight? Just go sit down and read your book. Everyone's uncomfortable. It's three hours. <laughs> yeah, we'll get through it. We can do it. We don't need we don't need a neck pillow for the 40-minute flight. I saw somebody tweet about that. Some some person had brought a neck pillow. Put on real clothes. You don't have to wear your pajamas. Right, you don't right. have to bring a pillow. <laughs> right. Or wear slippers. If the air conditioning's up too high, you might want to have two sets of pajamas on. Oh, that's true. That's all I have for Thursday. Enough of that. Friday, 2419, Oasis of Backhanded Compliments. We start out with some talk about Luke's internet being out and how Andrew discovered something called the pre-fader level switch on IPDTL, which made him a, quote, very happy boy, but he never told us what it was or why we should care about it. Fascinating. Yeah, I fell asleep immediately. Um, They talk a little bit about the This American Life episode about magicians, uh, where they interview Penn and Teller, and about how Ira Glass was a very charismatic eight-year-old who could do magic. And Andrew talks about how he's a little bit jealous um, that Ira and Luke have that show-off demon that he doesn't have, but Mm -hmm. they have that kind of, you know, they like to be in front of people and they like to, to perform. I guess I don't know that much about Ira's motivations for doing what he does. I don't either, but he is a good show. I mean, I've been to see his live show that's unrelated to This American. Well, not totally unrelated, but, you know, they they turn it into a, a song and dance thing. And he he does these whole choreographed dance routines. And he does a really, really great job. I'd go see it. Yeah, he's great. Um, Luke talks about how David Kestenbaum told Luke one time that he was the type of guy that he was always trying to keep his <laughs> wife away from. And Luke has... S- Carried that around in his heart like a little warm light of compliment. <laughs> it's not a compliment. It's not. By, He's by the way, a I, jock. I've been that guy. Um, Luke is not that guy. He's he's not a he's not the, he's not. Do you that think it's relative? Like David Kestenbaum is a dorky public radio physicist. Is it like in relation to him? Is Luke that guy? Well, I think what the what he's trying to say is Luke is the kind of guy who would do something would steal his wife yeah yeah Yeah. like and like i said at some point i'd been that guy who wouldn't like steal your wife but you know definitely hit on her a little bit right right and luke doesn't do that 
really, you know? So Okay. But just because he is who he is and, and like David Kestenbaum doesn't run across a lot of guys like Luke, he's, you know, he's the he's the alpha male. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's a huge alpha male, I guess. In that Well, way. Luke was immediately embarrassed about this story and asked Andrew to cut it all out, but Andrew intertwined a bunch of other stuff so they couldn't. <laughs> that was pretty great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Luke's juice cleanse has come to an end because at day three, he got shaky and dizzy. Who could have predicted that? Uh, no, not me. <laughs> shaky and dizzy means add vodka. I mean, come on. It's true. He was just having withdrawals. <laughs> right. So he, um, nuclear, uh, bombed it and went to a brewery. <laughs> it's like the opposite of a cleanse, I think. Um, a brewery called Melvin, uh, that plays martial arts films during dinner, which can sometimes be unappetizing when you're watching someone rip someone else's heart Mm -hmm. and spine out of their body and you're trying to eat a a little pizza or something. Do they do that in martial arts films? I don't know enough about martial arts. I don't know. It seems like a long shot. The grossest thing I remember from a martial arts movie was from a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. And and, uh, during the final fight, the guys wrapped their wrap their hands in in tape and cloth and then they dip their hands into broken glass they dip their fists into broken glass and then you know the fight got a little sloppy and 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 bloody that seems unnecessary (laughs) yeah so is do they teach you that in karate when you're a kid no i think i think they teach you that on stack of dimes (laughs) that's where you go to learn this kind of stuff they teach it at the cobra kai dojo maybe right right (laughs) And Luke was that guy going around to various breweries trying to find one that had some wine. And he didn't really say why this was. I figured it out. Because wine is lower carb than beer. I just looked it up. Wine has way fewer carbs. But does it have fewer carbs than a huge amount of juice? (laughs) Well, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Um, Andrew talks about how after his big party, he's still talking about this party, they cleaned up and then went to Kenmore Lanes the next day um, to, I thought they were drinking. I thought it was hair of the dog, but he just <laughs> talks about how they had some sodas um, and played some raunchy pull tabs and hid away from the the sun and the nice weather and how he loves doing that. Um, they talked a little bit about the weather and, and I had that same sense when I lived in Michigan because it's so rarely sunny and warm that when it is you 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 have to be outside and if you're not you feel guilty and mm-hmm. now that I live here it's sunny and warm Ugh. so much that it's oppressive right and I am absolutely fine hiding away in it when it's kind of like drizzly and cold I'm like mm, I should go outside yeah let's go do something while, it, yeah. while it's nasty out right <laughs> I it's get the it. opposite yeah um, I don't know how this developed, but Andrew has claimed a new catchphrase, which is, you know it, baby. And he shoehorned that into a few different scenarios. I don't think that'll last <laughs> till next week. Just a prediction. I'm willing to work with it. If it has to be, it has to be. Yeah. It could be worse, I guess. It's it's him at least faking confidence until he makes some confidence. Right. <laughs> right. Maybe it'll help. Uh, top story is that our own CYs set the guys straight on their claim about free liquor for airlines. And Mike, I know you're done talking about this, but it was very satisfying <laughs> that <laughs> that she was like, absolutely not. Her dad has worked for um, Alaska, right? Yes. For a long, long time. 
And he said, that's insane. Like he's involved in these kind of negotiations. And he said, no, of course not. <laughs> they have to pay for it. The thing that I got out of this discussion was uh, something that Andrew said. He was, as they were discussing it, and he was saying, well, but so maybe there are some companies for some airlines where they have some free booze thing figured out. It'll just depend on where you are and who you are. And he says, quote, I'm not trying to retroactively say I wasn't wrong on this, which he was, yeah. and which is what he was also doing with the weight versus density thing, too. He spent all week trying to retroactively say he wasn't wrong about things. <laughs> And he so was. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Top story two is a criminal named Jimmy Causey, who's very good at escaping prison. Um, they talk about how he may have used some drones to escape a second time um, and that he was undone by a weird pizza order. Now, Mike, this seemed like something you should address. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, He escaped from a prison in South Carolina. I'm, I'm going to screw up some of the timing, but like, two or three days before he was caught. He was caught in Austin. So he had, yeah, I saw that. He had gotten all the way from South Carolina to Austin and was in a hotel with, I think, uh, didn't he escape with one, one other guy? I think so. So they're in this hotel and they they order a pizza and they don't want the person to see their face. So they, they leave instructions for the driver to leave the pizza and take the money or whatever. And it's just goofy. And the driver doesn't want to go to a sketchy motel with these kind of instructions or whatever. So creeped out, call the cops. Eventually, you know, they, the cops catch these people. Trust me, the driver for whatever company it was in Austin that, that was going to deliver this pizza has not seen your picture. They don't know who you are. <laughs> And I looked at this guy's picture. He's just your average white dude, mm -hmm. right? So just order pizza and pay for it. The The key when you're a fugitive is not to do the same shit over and over again. So like if you got to stay well, in there. Well, and probably to not do weird shit, right? Like you just want to be yes. a normal person. Yes. Be unremarkable in every way. Yeah. And now you've made yourself remarkable. After, after escaping from prison in such a clever way and somehow having $47,000, but they still don't know where he got that. No. Um... I mean, you're doing great, but like one of the episodes um, that I did of Takedown was an ex-con con where we talked about uh, where you could come and we can teach you how to be a better criminal, you know, you know, less dangerous, more successful. And one of the one of the things that, that we could concentrate on or should concentrate on is uh, how to be a good fugitive. And that's one of the first tips I would I would tell you is just be normal. You're doing dude. a real public service here, Mike. <laughs> just just be normal. You know, have a story ready if somebody asks you questions or whatever. But but uh, be normal. But always go to you know rotate the places you go to, rotate the places you order from, and just 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 be unremarkable. Don't ever strike up a, a, a memorable conversation with anyone or respond to anyone in any kind of memorable way. It's you really have to practice being boring. So that's that's my yeah. advice to you next time you get out, Jimmy Causey. Yeah, just to clarify, the pizza thing was the previous escape. Yes, that's true. That's true. I'm sorry. That's true. So the $47,000 right. was the second. Yes, he escaped by himself this time and he had a mess of guns and ammunition and the $47,000. They just used the story to to dredge up the the stupid getting caught ordering a pizza mm -hmm. yeah the pizza thing and also 
they were confused about whether they had talked about drones and prisons before and they did yes. there was those those two guys that were supposedly very handsome that escaped from the prison in England mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think we talked about that and I think we were talking about that they just had to put some sort of mesh or something over right. the prison over yard the so that you can't drop anything yeah. in yeah shouldn't be too hard but yeah. and another thing you, you don't want to do I mean you do want to just order your pizza and pay for it like a normal person don't tip too much don't do it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Tip tip nicely. Tip unremarkably nicely. Mm-hmm. Tip three dollars on a pizza. Tip yeah. five dollars to six dollars on two pizzas. You know, just go on the upper end of normal. Don't fucking go nuts, you dummy, and say, well, and and have it try to pull off some some shenanigans or whatever, because it's going to sound like right. shenanigans. All right. Well, clearly this guy's, his forte is escaping, escaping. from prison, not, not <laughs> staying out of prison. He's, he's good at some stuff for sure. I would have him work <laughs> some booze at the X con con sure. when he gets, when he ex- escapes next time, special guest, but he's bad at the fugitive thing. Um, they tease an email from listener Henry about the air traffic control chatter, but um, I'm wondering if we're ever going to get to it, which is why I mention it now. So uh, I guess Google that if you're really interested in it. Uh, Music Free Weekend, the Song of the Summer nominee that they play is Humble by Kendrick Lamar. That whole album is pretty great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Luke gives us Tongue Tied by Group Love, and Andrew gives us Games People Play by The Spinners. All right. Housekeeping, there is new merch in the merch store. We have um, Case Closed merchandise. We have have our Little Red Bandwagon likeness uh, that I, I will be altering to reflect the i35 <laughs> crew and we also have walsh walsh and doormat stuff which is pretty amazing mm-hmm. it all looks that really seems good. to be the popular one is it from what i've seen so far come through mm-hmm. yeah i mean there were whenever i would post anything like that doormat or whatever on the stents page people are like what they, mm-hmm. they want involved everyone wants in on walsh walsh and doormat the archive project um have we done all the raffles yet do we have one more to do? Oh shit! We were due to do we were today supposed to and do I it today. Forgot about it again. <laughs> oh well, we, we suck. <laughs> anyway, that <laughs> means that you can still get, um, still submit episodes and yeah, take keep it archiving for the last raffle for the last uh, loot crate full of loot. Uh, you can use our Amazon link to um, to both amuse us as we get to see what you buy and uh, kick us a few pennies and dollars at littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon earbuds and earworms this week. Uh, the return of the uh, format that I sat in with Amy for was, why are you so into this again? Uh, and Phyllis Fletcher is her guest. And um, if, uh, if Amy is, is consistent with format, I haven't heard it yet because it just came out, but um, Phyllis is going to have to come up with a few songs and tell her stories about why she's so into it. And I, I'm pretty sure one of them is going to be Easy Lover. <laughs> she posts that in our chat uh, often, often. Yes. Philip Bailey and uh, what's his name? Phil Collins. Send in your favorite LRB moments for our, our best of show. Maybe you heard something today. Maybe uh, one of Anna Meredith's rants about the many, many awful, dumb things that were said on the show this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's for an end-of-the-year show. And, and uh, can you tell everyone how to get involved in the show? Yeah, get at me, bro. Come at me. 
Uh, you can always get involved with the show at littleredbandwagon.com and our new genius site, throwyourphone.com, uh, rants, raves, anything that you want to talk about that's TBTL related or LRB related. We are so delighted to have those. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, of course, our page, the Sends page. We're making a little bit more of an effort to uh, pump up the volume, so to speak, on our own Facebook page. So look for that. Uh, get at us on Twitter at LRB Podcast and email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Finally, we love getting voicemails or texts 802 432 TBTL. That's 802 432 8285. And with that, Meredith, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen, and your art water. Nailed it. Definitive.